Blog Talk Radio. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Three the hard way, three the hard way, three the hard way. You want to do it the easy way or the hard way? With over 30 years of combined wrestling experience and knowledge, nearly every bit of it Woody's, Georgia Wrestling History presents Three the Hard Way. talk about it and 
uh, aside from, you know, what's going on, I know there's a lot going on, but I always like to talk to you about how you're feeling before these big shows because it's fun to hear somebody else go through the same agony. <laughs> it's always good. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, pretty calm this time. Well, it's, it's not quite as – I don't guess that Jeff Hardy's going to show up in the Royal Rumble on Sunday, no, but we never know. <laughs> You know what's funny, though? We've done more pre-sales with Jeff Hardy than we did with dang AJ. uh, I'll tell you right now, um, that is, he, I've had this argument many times with many people about who the last white hot, um, I'm going to use the term, kids, um, that, that, that you might not like, so cover your ears if you're easily offended, but who was the last blowjob? And I think it was Hardy. Um, going back, I go back and watch those old SmackDowns a lot. And oh yeah. The explosion of of the high pitched screams from the girls, and then the deep roars from the dudes, and the kids with the armbands on. And I had the chance to be on the show with Hardy um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and he was late. And it's not not you know really no fault of. It wasn't him just being a big time in him. It was, you know, this thing happened, that thing happened. But he, he got to the show on he got to the show before his match, so but um he happens to come in just as they're fixing the ring. The first match goes off, they had a issue with the ropes and they're working on the ring and, and Jeff Hardy walks in and he just puts oh, his hand up. <laughs> the place <laughs> explodes. It just explodes. And then Later on, a um, couple matches later, well, the match directly after that was Cyrus and Shane Marks. And I know y'all get tired of hearing us say it, but I don't know if there's two wrestlers in the state right now that have better chemistry with each other. But that Never match, seen it's money. But that yeah. match, it's money. It, if you're a promoter and you're is. not listening, it's money. You will, you will have, you have that match once, the people will ask for it again. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just no doubt about it. They were the standout match on the card. Now, obviously, people that paid their money to see Jeff Hardy, and you know he didn't disappoint. But during the intermission, Buff Bagwell, big name in his own right, comes out and he's telling everybody um, that it's going to be a you can get in the ring with Buff and uh, have your picture taken, print it right out right there, ten dollars. People are all excited. They start to line up. Well, then Hardy's music hits. He goes to his table. And when I tell you it was a ghost town around that ring of the building wrapping up around to get to to Jeff Hardy, and Buff's just kind of looking there holding the bag, it looked so bad, Woody, that I thought that was the setup for the main. Wow. I thought, well, surely. It sounds like it would be done. Right? I, I surely. Yeah. And I was like, at that point, I was like, that's really smart. That's a great way to set up your main event. Unfortunately, the main event was Jeff Hardy versus Johnny Swinger. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I think so you can imagine how that went over. From deep air. <laughs> like, I was, I kept asking the boys, I was like, are you, I thought that everybody was just pulling a rib on me. I thought that everybody knew what the card was, what the booking was, and I just, you know, this is the first time I've been to that place, and I thought that I just didn't know what was going on. 
And I said, is there a term for when you see something you think is a work and it was really a shoot? I know that the work shoot is, is a thing, but I don't think it's supposed to go that way. I think it, it works the other way. Man, I've never seen anything like it, Woody. I've never seen anything like it. i tell you something else I've never seen anything like. Um, past Saturday at PCW. Uh, I don't mean to, to brag, but uh, we put our foot in it. That's what, that's what I read. I read. Uh, I read Alicia Stock. Alicia Stock yeah. report. Uh, man, she put it over big time. And, and, and um, you know, I hey, you know, we we had the we had Snowpocalypse two hit us mm-hmm. for our what was supposed to be our first show of the year, so we didn't yeah. run. Um, and I cussed myself and kicked myself for making the decision, but you know, I had a lot of guys coming from up your way. Yeah. And so I, I knew, I figured it'd be worse up there, and I'd rather just tell the people, hey, I'm not going to run this show, as opposed to running a show that's half-staffed and, and um, not okay. well-booked because we got to move all the pieces around and, and just to do something. I, I didn't want to do that, so we just didn't do it. But the absence really had the people frothing into the mouth. Plus, we had... Butcher and Carpenter, who are at each other's throats and who are mm. mainstays with us, you know, they're they're really, really putting in work, really out to kill each other. And you couple that with Tank and Berg on Carpenter's side, who are stalwarts. I mean, anybody who's yeah. anybody who knows anybody about wrestling in this area knows Tank and Berg, and that's really all you need to say. And yep. then on the other side, you had the hooligans with Bill the Butcher. Wow. And, you know, there's a lot of history there because they really did. They trained together, and, and those guys go way back. And they always are excited to be around each other. And so it, it seemed to just kind of write itself, as it were. And they were at sacred ground and made a, a big impression on the people. So everybody was just frothing at the mouth to see this match. And I was like, well, okay. Well, of course, it starts, and they're brawling. They're trying to kill each other. They're brawling all over the place, so... Uh, runner-up referee of the year, Daryl Hall, says, this is it. i got to throw this thing out. Can't do it. I said, he's right. He's right. They're not abiding by the rules. He's right. I said, but these folks paid good money. These folks are excited. They didn't come here to see no no, no contest. They came here to see a fight. And the people in Porterdale love nothing more than a Porterdale street fight. And so I said, well, let's do that then. <laughs> if they don't want to obey by the rules, we'll throw them out. I'll bring down the other two referees. Falls will count anywhere in the city limits. Let's just go. And they commence to killing each other. I mean, they're pulling pictures off the wall, breaking frames over <laughs> each other's heads. Um, so we get outside, and they're brawling, they're brawling, they're brawling, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And who shows up, Woody? John Law. <laughs> no way. <laughs> The people across the street in the lofts, six or seven of them, had called in, there's a massive bar brawl going on at the main event. So we're trying to get that situated. We're trying to get all that done. Finally get everybody back in the building and just chaos and bedlam. And I was, (laughs) at one point I just yelled out, whose idea was this? Because I don't know. <laughs> but 
that gets me to the thing I want to talk to you about, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it. The gimmick match, you know, the street fight, yeah. the the bull rope, chain, the Royal Rumble that we got coming up. All those things are things that you absolutely love, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just eat them up. I like, I like Just the point getting to it also, you know? Yeah, yeah. So let's just get into that. Let's talk about some of the things that we like about it, what's hard to do about it, what's really easy to do about it, what makes it special. Uh, I, we'll start with this. What is what is your favorite of all of them? Of uh, uh, gimmick matches? Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of mainstream, but uh, I'm a big fan of table ladders and chairs nowadays. I mean, you know, you know, uh, with the Fed WWE, it's like, what are these guys going to do this year to, to top what they did the last two years? You know, and yeah, it's just they they they're setting up with big, huge, crazy bumps, and you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know. Um, yeah, I, you know I, I'm a big fan of table letters and chair chairs match nowadays. As far as, as far as on mainstream, and I would say like on the independent level, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big guy of, of the old old school uh, uh, bull rope matches. Uh, as far me as, too. Yeah, I love them. You know, I love them. I, I think I think that would be you know the bull rope or the dog collar. Either way. Yeah, I like, I like two guys being chained yeah. together. Yeah, I like two guys being linked together um, because that used to be how things got settled. You know, yeah. when you knew when you saw a dog collar or, or a bull rope, you knew you weren't going to see um, a drop toe hold. <laughs> you didn't have to worry about that. You were just going to see two dudes absolutely go out there and just pound on each other. And those things, um, when they're done right, you you've kind of already it it takes a little bit of the pressure off the wrestlers mm-hmm. because if you've told the story to get to that point as soon as they lock up as they're tied together you got them you got the people and and I think with especially with crowds around here because that is so old school um, they just settle in. To, it's kind of the opposite of TLC, the way you said. Like, I don't think of a of a of a strap match or a dog collar match, thinking that the guys have got to go out there and top what happened the last time. They just got to go out there and fight. Just yeah, get good hard it's one of those fight matches that says tie. You know, it's always a tight work. You know, uh, yeah. guys are hanging on each other. That that reminds me. I was a member of a, a rarity uh, some odd years ago before I hung my boots up. About I'm gonna say it was about seven or eight years ago. It was um, it was me and my partner Big Wheel taking on Sean Tempers and uh, uh, the Hell Billy Jesco. You remember him? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. They was, all, all four of us were chained together. We had, we had, we had the dog collar match, and then we had a, a joint in the middle. So we were all four chained wow. together. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. We ended up breaking the chain uh, about ten minutes into the match, but it was uh, it was a rarity. All four of us uh, uh, chained together, and we were in um, in the 
Spring City, Tennessee, right on the outskirts of it. And uh, it, it was and it was a good match. It was it was solid. But, and when the chain uh, breaks like that, that's that adds to it. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's telling the people these guys are in here pulling so hard they broke this dog on chain. You know. Now that makes a lot more sense to me now that I hear that because I remember some madman booked my tag team in a dog collar and pull rope match one time. Somebody probably hot shot in the card, I'm guessing. Yeah, too. But that was, you know, that was, it, it worked. It really worked. Yeah, and, and, I mean, having Bobby Hayes involved in a thing like that, you can't go wrong. God. He's, oh. No, no. Remember they so got uh, birthday cake all over the ring, too? Remember one of them throwed the drug <laughs> can in there? Birthday yeah. cake all over the building. It was uh, it was a, a not to remember for sure. I love him. I, I, I think that is my favorite uh, Jagged Edge was uh, was with him for so long, and if there was a match that he would call his signature, he loved him. He would he he, oh, he yeah. just he excelled at him. He really knew, and it fit his style so well. You know, he wrapped that chain around his fist and dropped that big right hand. He he really knew how to make those things work. It, is that? Do you think that a little bit of of the art of it? I mean, that'd be the right way to phrase it. But do you think that because of the Hell in the Cell, um, the Elimination Chamber, all these big, giant props. Do you think that those matches could still get over as well as they used to on on the big scene if you were to do a dog uh, yeah. collar or something I mean, like that? I, yeah, I believe they can because they only use them once in a blue moon, you know. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of places, say, like on the indie scene, Every time you turn around, you see some indie shows having having a uh, a big street fight cage match, you know. And then two weeks later, they're, later they're having another one. Yeah. I think when you do that, do that stuff as a rarity, it uh, it has a more impact than it does doing something once in a blue moon, you know. Yeah. I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Do, yeah, do I know. Oslo loves it. Because he's got yeah. the best cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me that, Give me that, Give me that He's just out there in people's ear. Ah, you know, I bet you have a dollar a year for the cage. I've been doing something in it. I bet you would like us to, Ox. This is money <laughs> in your pocket. Um, you know, and every every year, what is it? Is it usually, I think usually toward the end of the year, maybe around in the fall, we hit war mm-hmm. game season. And, you know, ours, yeah. is in, ours is in the summer, so I'm not, Trying to say that we don't do one too, um, but you do <laughs> in war in, game season. <laughs> yeah, ours is in spring. You know, we do ours in the springtime. So yeah, you uh, uh, everybody has a you know, see, you know, most of it is uh, during the spring and summer months because of venues not being able to uh, accommodate a cage, so they can do outdoor events a lot of times. Yep. Yep. So. Because uh, a lot of venues, you know, are big enough to have a, a ring and, and matches, but, it, you know, it can't, you know, you just can't put a cage in there and all. Yep. Because you, yep. you need, you need at least, you need about 16 foot of ceiling to, to put up a cage, you know, so. To do it properly. Um, and yeah. that, that's, I'm sort of, 
I'm sort of right in the middle on a War Games match because my initial thought is we have too many of them, and I don't know. It's just it seems so conventional, and you kind of know the beats and the rhymes and how it's going to go. But then I start to think about War Games matches that I've seen, and I've loved every one of them. I remember um, Jeter and Judas being involved Uh in a War Game cage thing, and you know, almost seeing that cage break apart, like literally almost break apart, and you know, all the crazy stuff we've done at PCW, and then I'll never forget thinking I was going to see Mike Jackson literally die one night um, at Peach State, climbing up mm-hmm. on that thing and and reaching up to, to grab a hold, and it's just a fluorescent light fixture, and that thing starts swaying. I'm like, I don't want to see Mike Jackson fall backwards off this cage. Um, that's You're not what I paid for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have killed him because <laughs> <laughs> he can't be destroyed. Um, but I, I, I'm always like, oh, war game. Even my own, I'm like, oh, God, it's got a war game. I got to figure this out. And then the day gets there, and you see the you see the excitement in the people's faces. And oh yeah, I've I've been to several of y'all's uh, y'all's war games, and and I know for a fact that that y'all's war games are money. Because I know for a fact they y'all are. have about eighty or hundred people paying twenty bucks a pop. Yep. Be ringside. Yep. So yeah, uh, and it and it's there. that thing now is, is is a part of Fourth of July in Porterdale, and the mm-hmm. same will be said for for y'all's and Peach States and anybody else who does one on a regular schedule. People kind of set their watch by that, like yeah, fireworks, hot dogs, bottled water, war games. That's just what it is. And as long as you're telling the story up to that point, I think those things will work forever. You know, locally. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article about, you know, why WWE had never done it. And, and, and I wasn't reading an article. It was, it was a Pritchard podcast. He was saying that Vince just hated the double cage. Um, do you yeah. see a big difference in whether it's one cage or two ca- one ring or two rings? Uh, yeah, I, I believe two rings is better uh, because – you know, mainly because of the room. You know, when you you got eight guys in in a, a sixteen or eighteen foot room, you don't have a whole lot of room for for big stuff. So you yeah. got two two you know two rings and, and a double cage. You have a lot more room for you know your big bumps, your big you know the, the big you know dives over the ropes and one ring and another. You know, this has opened up so many doors because of space. Yeah. And another thing about those shows, when you have a war game set up at the end, it sort of gives you some some leeway to have sort of an impromptu cage thing somewhere if you just wanted to. We did that last mm-hmm. year with um, Gunnar Miller and Logan Creed. Was like, why don't we just put the cage up early and do that there? And you know, I was having this discussion the other day with somebody. Like at our level. It's hard to do a surprise because if you have something that's good, you want to advertise it. You want people to know so they'll come to the show. But if you've already got mm-hmm. your thing that you've advertised, they already know they're getting the war games, already know they're getting a big double cage match. Well, if you give them another cage match, then you you seem like you've made it more worth their while. Um, oh, yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen like that? Yeah. I mean, that's just like uh, putting bacon on your burger, you know. It's just... Right, <laughs> little, little extra, you know, to make it sweet. Uh, you know, I, 
I, I've seen, I've done books and stuff like that before, you know, had double double mains and like, like a war game and then have a big title match maybe right before it, you know, and it, it's always got over and worked well, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it's anything you can do extra, man. And, and it honestly, it's just one of those things where with us and what we do, we're probably drawing you're probably looking at seventy five to ninety percent are the same people every time. Oh yeah. And so obviously they're paying customers, you owe them a good show, but because they're repeat paying customers, you you kinda owe them a little bit more. You gotta yeah. give them something yeah. extra. Um A, so they'll come back, but B just as a mm-hmm. show of no, we appreciate it. We're glad yeah. you came out and and you always support us and and I know that chairs four five six seven and eight is going to be family X and over there on the other side is going to be grandma and yep. her grand and her grandkids and you got to give them a little something extra. Um, I'm going to segue just a little bit from our gimmick talk and we'll get right back into it. But I, I read something the other day that I guess I was aware of, but it didn't dawn on me when I was not working in in wrestling um, that in the way back times. Your main event typically happened before the intermission so that you could set up the next show, sell uh-huh. tickets at intermission, and then come back and give the people a couple more lower card matches. Yeah. A, did you, did you work on any shows like that? And B, do you remember when that stopped? Uh, no, uh, I haven't. I, I didn't work anything like that. I did work some shows where they did uh, have the main event first, where, like, like say, a big cage match or whatnot. And I think a lot of that was because of, you know, the time to set it up and save, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I have worked and did some shows like that where they had the cage match first. And uh, yeah. it would probably be your main event or whatnot. And, of course, you know, it's usually opened other doors or something bigger down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think but, that would work now? I, I believe it could. I mean, I, you know, I, I believe it's it'll get them in. You know, they're there because they're. I, I believe at that point they're emotionally invested enough. You know. Yeah. To uh, uh, to follow it, you know, I, I believe it. I believe it could be done. You know. Uh, yeah. I would. I wouldn't. If, you know. I wouldn't be opposed to, against. I'd do it, you know. I, yeah, I think it could yeah. work. You know? I think it is just uh, sort of it's just frame of mind because my frame of mind is they're probably just going to remember the ending, so I need it to yeah. be as big as possible. Right. I, and I think it's just it's it's the difference in when when wrestling was being run at that time, doing it that way. That's what those guys. That's what they knew. You know, they were they were wrestling people. I think yeah. these days, especially with people like me, I was not a wrestling person for a long, long, long time. I didn't grow up yeah. in it. I wasn't grow up around it. So I think of my show more like a concert. Got you. You know, I got to give you. I got to give you a really good song right in the beginning to get you locked in. Then I got to give you. A, a, an equal song to keep you there, and then I can play something off the new record if I have to. 
Yeah. And then right before the an admission, I want to give you yeah. Uh, right before an admission, I want to give you something else you know, and then the big hit comes at the end. But it's just yep. different ways of of doing it right. But yeah, that that struck me as it didn't it didn't uh, register with me when I you know I'd read reports and see shows that were like that, but I didn't think about what was happening from a business standpoint um, then. But I was like, man, that is that is right, you know. And you get your dark main events now, if, especially if you have a talk big talk segment at the end of the show or um, yeah. something where the heel goes over. You send the people home happy, but that part stays with it, and I'm sure that happened then too, but I, I thought that was weird. Um, so back to the gimmick matches. What's one you just absolutely hate, especially to perform in? What's one that, what was one that if you saw your name on the card and it was this kind of match, you just like, oh. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of the uh, Lumberjack, uh, Lumberjack match. Uh, I'm not big on the. Uh, I'm really not big on an Indian strap match where the you know have to touch all four corners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Lord, I've seen so many damn finishes that look screwed up because. Well, there's only the guy, three or four ways to finish that match, and you got to yeah, figure yeah. out how to put your fingerprint on one of those four ways. So already people know kind of what's coming. Yep, exactly. It's hard to make that thing either either the heels tapping them all and the baby faces doing it behind him, and then there's a race to the fourth one, or you know something screwy happens and somebody just taps all. Hey, yeah, I think I agree yeah. with you on that. That's one that just it. I'm sure it's, I loved them as a kid. I remember distinctly loving those yeah. matches as a kid, but I don't think it would work in this day. And I think. Too much is known. Obviously, there are people who can oh, get yeah. that thing over. I don't want to. But oh, just on average, I think that thing is going to fall flat more than it's not. You mentioned the lumberjack match. That's something I just can't stand. I just hate them. I don't know why either. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. because there's too much going on everywhere else that it's hard to put the focus in the middle. Yeah. Like, there are certain things that had to happen in those matches um, to to make to make it uh, need to be a lumberjack match. Gotcha. And yeah, it's a it's a great convention. Like if you want to get a thing started with a couple other guys, or you got something going, you want to keep it hot. But it just seems like too many moving parts. It's just so much. Yeah. And then, then, especially for our stuff, hell, it's hard for people to even see because there's big tall wrestlers standing in yeah. front of them. And you hate to have the guys have to duck down because that takes away from what they're doing. Yeah, that's that's kind of like when I when I do run a, a lumberjack match, I'll say, "Listen, here, I don't want no contact on the outside. I want you to kneel down out of the way." And they kind of look at me like you're a moron. I'm like, yeah, "Why are yeah, we doing a lumberjack match? Because I don't want yeah. to pay for a cage. That's why we're doing a lumberjack match." <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, that's like no contact, and they're like. No contact. I'm like, yeah, because you're going to be out there fighting in the floor, and it's going to take you away from the match that's going on. And you know, yep. that's a that's a that's a double edged sword. The, the whole deal. Um, now, if you've if you've got a bunch of stars that you just want to get out in front of, them, there's there's reasons to do it, but I can't think of any logical reason that I would yeah. do one. Now, I'm sure I'll book one next week. Now that I said it, now, now I'll, I'll think I've on seen, this. I've seen, uh, 
I've actually seen uh, lumberjack matches uh, used to set up battle royals. Uh, that makes sense. And, that makes yeah, sense. Back, back in the day, uh, well, I say back in the day, I'm in the 80s, uh, 80s, early 90s, uh, I'd seen uh, lumberjack matches used to set up uh, uh, battle royals or eight mans or, you know, something like that. So, you know, there's ways you can go with it, but, you know, it doesn't get done much, you know. Yeah. Um, do you, well, hey, do you consider an Iron Man a gimmick match? Uh, yes, I do. I, I do. Because uh, people are expect, they're expecting a bunch of pins, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe it's considered a gimmick match. You know, you might... I mean, because the gimmick is, you know, you got to get more pins than the other guy does, you know. Yeah. What's uh, some of the better ones you've seen here locally? Gosh, I haven't seen many, because there ain't many guys in going hour anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I heard one one Jeter and Marks had was really good, but I haven't seen it yet, you know. Um, I'm going to say that um, we did a Wrestling Cares type stuff, you know, that's, I don't know if you are familiar with it, that's the yeah. uh, tournament series out, you know, and it's like many pins you can get 10 minutes or many pins you can get in 15 minutes, you know, I've seen Kyle Matthews and Jason Collins do one one time was absolutely amazing, it's it's actually uh, online if you get a chance to look it up sometimes Kyle Matthews versus Jason Collins uh, I think we Plugged it as a tournament style match, but it was only like fifteen minutes. But you know, and yeah, yeah. That's one thing we've been we've been lucky on. Um, we don't do it. We probably do one a year, on average, give or take. Um, and I can't think of a bad one PCW's had, and that goes back to before <laughs> I was running things. Um, John Williams and. Sh- the common thread is PCW is where Shane Marks is. Yeah, you know if you can if you can if you got guys that can keep people emotionally invested in today's times for an hour, you got something there. You got some money because yeah. yeah. people's attention span is teetotal crap nowadays. You it's know, done, man. ten to fifteen minutes, they're looking at their phone. You know, oh, God, gonna be over. Yeah, man. Uh, so if you got uh, some folks that can keep people emotionally invested for an hour, you got something. You better hold on to it. Yeah, and, and it uh, takes it takes a special crowd, like you said. It it takes people who you got to earn a lot of trust from the crowd. Yeah. To be able to pull off an Iron Man match, they have to believe that you're not going to shortchange them. Um, and you got to have the horses. I think that is the that's the formula. Definitely. Um, Marks and Yeha, I think is, I think as a match, I think Marks and Jeter was probably just a hair better than that match was. But the crowd for Marks and Yeha, um, I'll, I'll never forget the PCW crowd. They are loyal. They're in it. But they're a little spoiled because they've seen a lot of good stuff. And so while they're not necessarily a sit-on-their-hands bunch, uh, they won't fake it for you either. 
You know, they won't yeah. give you yeah. anything that you don't go out there and earn. And 45 minutes of that match or so, everybody's just standing up. Like, they're just, they can't believe what they're seeing. They're standing up, and, and it was like, yeah, this this can work. Um, and Marks and Jeter was just an incredible, that's the thing that's online, too. That was just incredible. Oh, and then we had a triple threat Iron Man. Yeah, it's it's around. Yeah. We had oh, a triple threat Iron Man. Man. Yeah, I'll th- we'll have to throw them up on the Facebook page so people can see what the world okay. we're babbling about. But the triple threat oh. one we had, <laughs> that was terrifying because if that gets off the rails, you're in it for an hour. That's the scary part about the Iron Man match is if it ain't yeah. working, there ain't no way out of it. <laughs> you can't shave it so much time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, um, Hart and Michaels is the one that everybody points to being so great. And it's sort of a dividing line among wrestling fans. I think it was boring for 52 minutes. Wow. I just, I think that there is almost a thing of some guys are too well matched. Yeah. Too good. I think that you need a little, it doesn't have to be David and Goliath in size necessarily, but I think the odds have to be stacked in one guy's favor. You know, Marks and Yeha, as good as Yeha was, Marks was the measuring stick. He was, you know, he yeah. was the guy. He was the champion. He was what everybody knew to be great. And so, but yeah, Fred's great, but I don't know. Shane Marks probably forgot a way to pull this out. With Marks and Jeter, they're evenly matched as far as expectation, but Jeter is Jeter. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's huge. You know, he's uh, yeah. phenomenal, you know. He's uh, different. Uh, yeah. and So, what about the blood and guts, man? Um, what about the death match? What does Woody think about the death match? Oh, God, I love me some death match wrestling now. Really? Uh, yes, yes. I, uh, I, you know, at a time, I, I dabbled in uh, hardcore and death match stuff. Uh, I, I'd be a liar to say I hadn't been wrapped up in Bob wire a few times in myself. Uh, uh, of course, I'm a, I'm a flunker, you know. I, I'm a big flunk fan, so uh, I've, you know, watching him back in the 80s in Japan and stuff, you know, that that was the stuff I really liked. I liked the, the deathmatch stuff in Japan more than I do, uh, you know, so like the IWA, what's it, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Kings of Death, you the know. Carnage Cup or the, the yeah, King like, of Death yeah, match deal, I, I, yeah. I'm more like the Japanese uh, stuff. Of course, you know, it's all basically the same. I'm, I'm not big on the guy jumping off the top of uh, uh, a 30-foot building into a truck bed either, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah that, I, I agree. Uh, I agree that there has to be a lot. storytelling element too. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what... If a death match misses, I think that's generally why they miss for me is I get it. We all know what's we all know what the thing is. There's weapons, there's this, there's that. But there's gotta be a little tease, tease, tease before you get the big one. And if the big one happens so early that you're like, Well, they're literally going to have to almost kill one another <laughs> to toss that. Have to shoot and, each other with a forty five in the head. Yeah, they gotta shoot each other. And that's I think that's – I haven't watched – I have never seen one live. Um, 
and I don't know that I would like to because I think once you once you know a guy, I definitely don't want to see one with with anybody I know in it. I can tell you that for right. You know, like I don't. Uh-uh. Like, I know that guy, and <laughs> I don't want to help him pick glass out of his face later on. No, and no. And that being said, I love Tank. I love Tank. And if Tank was doing one, I'd probably go watch it tomorrow. But I know Tank enough to know that he loves it. And I think that that would, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would help a little bit. But it takes a special kind of person to be able to do it well. Brad Cash is excellent at it. Yeah, very, very good. Great. Um, you know, he's I'm got like storytelling making up all is amazing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you got to tell that story in those things, or it becomes, it becomes a little too violent. It's too gross. It's just violence for violence' sake, and I think that's where those things can miss. Now there is a, a group of people out there who that is their number one thing, and they don't care. You know, they just want to see. Yeah. It. Um, and I say all that, and right now, if you made me pick a favorite wrestler who is, you know, mainstream, I'd probably pick Shibata. And he's yeah. <laughs> as close to deathmatch guy that you're going to get without barbed wire and things. He's just going out there punching people in the head and shoot headbutts and all that. And I love all that stuff. <laughs> but, solid shots, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just solid thick ones. Um, what else we got out there? What's one that you think is – let's ask this. What's something that you would love to be able to pull off, but just because, you know, of the buildings that we're in or liabilities, uh, just, you know, general limitations of the business structure that you just haven't been able to do yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, hmm. Something like that I would like to be able to. Hmm. That's a good question. What about well, you? I'll talk about one while you think on it. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I wish we could do ladder matches effectively. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, typically none of our buildings are set up. <laughs> yeah. To be able to do a really good ladder match, either the ceiling is way too high, or it's low enough that you can hang something from it, but they the wrestlers have to do too much, um, forgetting how to climb a ladder to make it really work. Now, Chip Day and Supernatural pulled off a very good one at Sacred Ground, Chapter 4, I believe it was. Um, but again, you got two guys who really wanted to do it and were willing to figure out how to make it work. But just on average, you can't do it. Because I think the ladder match as a concept is is easier than some of the other gimmick matches to pull off effectively because you don't have to have so many crazy spots. Yeah. You just have to have enough. And it really does come down to space. If you got space, you can pull it off and we typically and usually if anybody tries to do it because your your building is not set up the damn thing is whatever you stick it up there with, the damn thing's gonna fall down. Or <laughs> you nobody had the foresight to make sure that the ladder was tall enough to reach or, the thing. Or the damn Tied up so damn tight, you can't get the sun bitch down. You can't get it off. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fear with any of those. Oh, here's another one I'll ask you about because I am terrified of them. Have never booked one and probably never will. But that's a table match because when that son of a bitch don't break, you got issues. Oh, 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 oh. Man, we that 
two years ago, we was at Superstars of Wrestling Fan Fest in Rome. And them, let's see, who was it? It was uh, Tank and Iceberg and uh, Luke Gallows and uh, I forgot who else. One other guy, but it, oh yeah, uh, 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 Lord Humongous. But they they fighting all that building, and they grabbed uh, they grabbed one of the arenas tables, which was made out of plywood, and it had uh, two by twos across the bottom. Uh, and man, they tried their best to whip that thing. And that you just named that, damn near a ton of men. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and, and the table them. the table won the match. I that somebody just tore the shit out of my ring canvas, so holy <laughs> <I'm> all, <laughs> that's another thing with a hold that thing with a knife. But uh <laughs> man, that table that table just whooped them boys all over the place. They tried to break that thing and tried and tried and never did break it. The, 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 the legs ended up, yeah, the, the legs ended up uh, uh, bending on it before the, leg, the table would break. That's how strong that table was. And you can't. There's again. There's no getting out of it. There's nope. there's nothing you can do. You know, if it doesn't break the first time, okay, you you, you get around and, and you try something to break it the next time. But after that second or third time, man, then guys get mm-hmm. panicked. And they do things that aren't safe, and you know that's when you can get into some real trouble. Is with that. Stupid, it can, it's so at that point, it's like it becomes becomes a uh, you know destiny. It's my destiny to break this table. You know. It's like, yes, I don't care who wins the match. I don't care what the original. I don't care. This table is going to break. <laughs> This sucker is going takes down. all the onus away from yeah from everything that they've been working to to build and that story it takes yeah I'm terrified of them man just absolutely <laughs> terrified <laughs> of them fire's another thing we had both of them at sacred ground like well, what if it doesn't catch or God forbid it does <laughs> well what if it once we get too much you know yeah uh, <laughs> you can you can put too much. Uh, you can put too much slider fluid on them things because you can't see it because it burns blue and clear. Yeah, it's, yes. Uh, I seen a guy. I seen a guy get all mangled one time because he couldn't tell how much fluid was on there. <laughs> well, that's the thing about like Steve lit his arm on fire one night um, against Shane Marks, and it worked uh-huh. beautifully, and somehow the jacket was fine. <laughs> I swear to God, it was enchanted with something. The jacket was—I I still don't understand it. A jacket's uh, got a lot of its own. It does. It, that's why I keep it hung up because I want to know where it is at all times. I don't ever want it to sneak up on me. It could have been a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust no Asian. And those are the things. With any of those things, especially at our level, man, you gotta. I, I've been in pet shops before matches, hardware stores, you know, I got to make sure to pick up the table from Office Depot, all those yeah. things. And if, if somebody drops the ball, oh, God. <laughs> Have you been through any place, any times where, you know, either working a show or just at a show or running your own where um, there was a gimmick match you were doing and somebody forgot to get something 
very important to it, and you had to just well, scramble. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, lots of times a lot of my idiots uh, set up this big angle, and uh, it's two hours for the bell rings, and and they don't none of them have any gimmicks with them at all. <laughs> Not a single gimmick. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, well, so I'm glad we thought outside the box on this, and then... <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> two hours before the show starts, they're out there cutting the table up. Okay. Or building All right, a table. here we go. <laughs> yes, or constructing a plywood table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because there are so many, that, that, and that's why that those things shouldn't be used all the time, because it's a pain in everybody's ass. Yes. It really is. No matter, no matter. You'd pick any of these matches that we've named tonight. Um, if you've got one of them on your card, you have some extra things to worry about. If you don't have Ox's crew, um, you don't know how long it's going to take to get that damn cage up. That's right. <laughs> you don't know. Um, That's if you didn't go to the right hardware store, you get a chain that pops on yours, or God forbid, the damn dog collar is too small for one of these thick-necked wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, I hate it all. Can we just not have everybody does singles match ten minutes one fall? <laughs> let's get into it, man. Um, you got a big show coming up, man. Um, how you feeling? Uh, feeling confident. We're feeling confident. We got one this Saturday. We're in Canton this Saturday um, at the uh, at the Buffington Elementary. Old Buffett's Elementary. We got uh, got actually a, a strong card. Uh, I got Cyrus Historia versus uh, 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 the big young bud guy. The strong draw the brain fart. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Big O. Uh, uh, yeah, Big O. Octavius. Octavius. Yeah. I uh, got Cyrus versus him. Then we got Tort versus uh, Spoonie Max. Oh, I was hoping that's what you was going to say. Yeah, yeah, we've got Jason Collins uh, taking on uh, Terry Lawler, and um, that's just a, a drop in the bucket. That's a style and, clash. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just, I, I thought, I, I just got a good feeling about it. You know, I just, I, I, I think it's going to be better than it looks on paper. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then on the fourth, we got we got some big matches coming up on. Uh, on February 4th in Jasper, we got, uh, of course, uh, Caleb Tomlin coming in, in town. He's going to be taking on Jeff Hardy. Uh, we got Cyrus Destroyer taking on Gunnar Miller. I'm looking forward to yeah. that one. Uh, I'm telling you right Clinton, now, Jeff Hardy and Caleb Conley, you better lace them up. They you better, better put your boots on that night because if you don't, you will be upstaged. Well, you know, and there's so many matches that could be upstaged them, the whole cards that way. You got Tank versus Cousin Cletus. Uh, you got Crazy Steve coming in, ta- in the house. He's going to be taking on Torque. You got um, Jessica Lee taking on uh, the Black Widow. I mean, it's just, we've got so many options, you know. I wonder how uh, long it is from Porterdale to Jasper. I wonder <laughs> if I can get to the second half of that show. You can, I know you, I you could I probably can make it about second or third match. I bet I can make it, Woody. I bet I could. 
please. Come on, please come. <laughs> I sure would like to see all that because we're going to be in action too. We're going to have, man, uh-huh. man. There is, I, I, there, I cannot explain the feeling that I get personally just standing at my commentary booth or, you know, anywhere I'm running around doing whatever. When Jeter and Brian Blaze come out, there is just, it's electricity. There's no other way to explain it. It is absolutely electric when those two come down those stairs and come out, and they are putting themselves back in the tag team season. They were, you know, last year Jeter was the champion, and and Brian was doing his thing, and this year they are back together. And we have got them. Oh, uh, we have not announced the opponent just yet, but it's going to be a hot one. Um, I can't wait. Um, there is just an electricity. But, yeah, maybe we can get them to – maybe if they can get the job done quickly, we can just get on up the road. <laughs> but we got a lot of stuff going on. we got a, we got a television champion from uh, RCW out in Texas coming in to defend his title. Uh, awesome. we got all sorts of – we got – yeah, we got Brian Kane who is – absolutely flourishing in his role as the Porterdale City Limits champion. He is on an absolute roll. He loves it. The people love him. He is so proud to be a champion for Porterdale. He'll be in action. I'm stoked. But how, well, how did y'all – how did you decide on Caleb Conley um, as the opponent uh, for Jeff well, Hardy? Well, you know, we had uh, – well, this uh, – you know, Caleb was actually my uh, – you know, our second choice. Me and uh, we were going to put Jimmy Rave against him to start with, mm-hmm. and uh, we, you know, me and Daryl talked about it and we agreed on Jimmy Rave. We tried to get old Jimmy Rave, and that would be Jimmy had changed his number on me, and uh, so I never would get a response. So we had to go with number two. So we end up getting uh, bad number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't go weak at all for sure. And then what's bad no, about? And I think about, that. That's, that's a good match too. Oh yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, you know, it's uh, it shows a lot of promise and uh, a lot of versatility. So I, I'm I'm excited yeah. to see how this this works out. But yeah, man, you um, know, uh, have you heard about the big mix tag tournament we got on February 11th? Yes, I have, and I'm jealous that I couldn't be in it. Oh <laughs> man, Morgan got to it's, be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some uh, we had some cancellations and some booking issues with a couple of ladies. Imagine that dealing with ladies, you have sometimes have some uh, <laughs> misfires. But uh, we got it all worked out. I mean, we got uh, uh, Chip uh, Chip Day and Priscilla Kelly is going to be in it. Johnny Rock and Tiffany Rocks uh, got. Uh, Brad Cash and Roxy, oh. uh, Joey uh, Joey Sparks and Black Widow, uh, Joseph uh, he's supposed to say uh, used to be yeah, Joe Black, yeah. uh, and, and Kayla is uh, his girlfriend in it, and then you got Torque and Jessica Lee, you got Cyrus and Logan, then you got Owen. It was going to be Owen and Kiara, and Kiara had uh, other. Uh, other obligations, so we're uh, uh, he's bringing in a mystery partner. So, oh, we, we should try what? to get get 
Scott Hensley to call in and talk about that probably our next show if you want to. Yes. When it, what's the date on that show? On the 11th, February 11th. We're going to be uh, like we're, we're actually taping uh, Scott Hensley. I on might that be one. off that weekend. Well, please come on. We put you, we're going to put you, you in, we're gonna put you in the, in the play-by-play table. Well, <laughs> I, I've been known to call a match now and again. And that is, I didn't tell you, you better watch out for Priscilla Kelly and Chip Day. Because everybody knows Chip Day. He was the wrestler of the year. Oh, but yeah. uh, Priscilla Kelly, if, if, if she was last year, she's at 75 mm-hmm. now. She is oh, she's, on her stuff. Uh, she, yeah, she's my favorite lady wrestler in Georgia Dial right now. In. And man, we gotta. That's we'll probably have to come back around to that before too long because we have got a crop of ladies in this state. Yeah, that are second to none, um, and they are flat out getting after it. You know, AWE is a, a, a work rate show. That is what yeah. you know. That is their bread and butter. They want to have the absolute best wrestling mm-hmm. matches they can have. That is what they want to do. And I've been to a number of those shows, and the th- I won't say it was necessary. You didn't, I won't call it the best because you know that might hurt people's feelings. But I will <laughs> tell you the thing that I always go away remembering the most are those roar matches. Kiera Hogan oh, yeah. <laughs> and Angel and Priscilla Kelly and Ashton Starr had a thing at the last one of their shows I was at that was absolutely phenomenal. And those young ladies are ready to get out there and get after it. So it looks yeah. like you Have got you February under control. I, you know what? You, you turned me on to the party princess, you know. And, uh, yes. Sergeant, yes. She is a solid little worker, buddy. Uh, I, I was very surprised. I swear she's kind of small, man, but I've seen some of her stuff at WWA4 and just – She's strong, I mean, Dementia DeRose, we hadn't even mentioned her because, honestly, yeah. at this point, she is, that's a foregone conclusion. You know oh, yeah. she's on her thing. But Jessica Lee, you know, man, I don't, did, I don't found, know if we got to talk her, about it. She found her stride, it's finally. You but, couldn't have yeah, found a prouder man in this state than watching her in Kyokyo. You oh, could yeah. not have found a prouder, I mean... I was just beaming for both of them because those two ladies had never met, you know, until two hours before they were in the ring together. And they went out there, and, I mean, they didn't just steal the show. They ran off and hid with it. (laughs) They they left with it. And it wasn't a good match for women. Yeah. You know, that's not – I'm not grading them on a curve. It was a great wrestling match. Period, point blank. Yeah. And I am constantly beating down Kyokyo's door, like, when can we get you back? And whatever you do, ignore any calls from the 706 area code, because I know somebody who will try to steal you away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I know somebody who will try to take you away. Don't let him. I know this guy. Don't let him do it. I know this guy. (laughs) Well, Woody, I had a hell of a time tonight, man. We talked for an hour again and didn't let up. Well, I sure do appreciate it, and I'm. It, it was it was a good time as always, and uh, like I said, we'll try to get Scott on in a couple of weeks. Talk about that uh, other deal. 
Absolutely. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us. I'm Matt Hanging. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.